the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Believe it. What, what, did you, what procedure did you have done, Doc? I had a total knee. Had the uh, femur end, the top of the uh, of the patella chopped off, and they put in uh, titanium. Um, oh, oh! by the way, before I get into that, you know, they were talking about the, the religious freedom and all that out in California on the news. Right. There was this kid up in uh, last week up in, in uh, I think, in Calgary, and he was at a rally for religious freedom. Uh, you know, for Christian religion stuff, and he was handing out Bibles. They arrested the kid. They arrested him for— On what dis- charge? I don't know, disturbing the peace or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It's craziness. They've gone—the the, 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 uh, the left wing has lost its mind. We're going to have to do something about it, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Revolution's not in the air today. My knee's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, fascinating, it really is. I mean, of course, it hurts like hell, but uh, they give you adequate pain medication, and they start physical therapy right away. They get you up right away. I mean, you know, they they get you standing right after surgery, and then they get you walking the next day. And uh, it's uh, you, you can have it two ways. You can have it with a general anesthesia where the, where you're knocked out, which is what I had. I talked with my surgeon, and he said, well, you know, if you have regional anesthesia, which is uh, a long-acting novocaine or xylocaine in the nerve roots coming out of the back of the of the spine going down to your right leg, uh, it may wear off. You may have to have it again, or we may have to put you under. He said, but the noise is the thing, because, you know, they're basically carpenters. <laughs> That's what <laughs> they, they bring are. out the power saw. Yeah, they, they use saws and drills, and uh, you know what a jig is? Yes, sir. Well, let me explain it to people. A jig is a template that you um, attach to or set a piece of wood or metal or whatever up against, and uh, you use that to make the cut. So you get an exact cut if you have a jig, and uh, you can also uh, dowel and uh, you can uh, dovetail, uh, which is a type of jig that cuts kind of sawtooth back and forth so that pieces of wood or metal can go together uh, and fit snugly. So if you take your fingers and with your palms towards you and you push your fingers together and you can imagine that that is a dovetail, uh, then you understand. So they have jigs that they use on, on the bone, on the femur, on the femoral head, and the femur is the long bone in the thigh. These can be either clamped on or they can screw them right into the bone. and. Uh, then it gives them an exact cut, Ken, and they—it's very precise. I was—I was shocked at how uh, high tech it is. And uh, then they—they they use the prosthesis. When they cut the femur, they do a step cut, so that uh, when they put the prosthesis on, it's—it's—it uh, looks like a, a one-step stair, and then it's got the rounded part uh, at the joint. Now the knee joint is a, a hinge joint, and a hinge joint, as you know, is a door joint. The knee's a little bit more dynamic than a, than a door joint, obviously, because you got to rotate and twist and all that. You have to oil it once in a while. 
We got to oil Start it. squeaking. Get, well, the other one's still squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, the, but instead of having a pin that goes through the hinge, like on a door hinge, you've got ligaments that hold everything together. So you got ligaments outside of the joint. They're called the medial and collateral, uh, medial and collateral ligaments. And then you've got the internal ligaments, the anterior cruciate and posterior cruciate. And if you cross your fingers, you can imagine the anterior and the posterior cruciate ligaments going from front to back, and uh, they hold everything in place in, in terms of too much twisting. So you can do a procedure that spares the posterior cruciate ligament. I don't know what my guy did. I'll have to ask him. But the medial and collateral ligaments you have to leave in place or you have an unstable knee. You can put artificial ones there, of course, because there's athletes that have that, that they tear that ligament and they have to have that done. But it's it's uh, pretty fascinating. And uh, the indication, the major indication, believe it or not, is pain. Pain, my friend, pain. And uh, pain is a bad thing. And that's why I had mine done, because I was in pain. It also has to do with function. So that if you're, like, if you're an athlete and you have to function, then you can get knee surgery that you may not be able to get otherwise if you're not hurting that bad. But uh, also alignment. So if, you're, if your knee is so arthritic that it's out of alignment, uh, then that's going to affect your hip and your other leg too. So then you need, need something done for that. But the main, the main indication is pain. And uh, I was having some pain, not that bad, but, uh, uh, but I couldn't ride my bike. I couldn't do all the things that I did as an athlete. I couldn't climb scaffolding and paint and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it, it was something that the surgeon agreed, and I guess Medicare agreed they're paying for it. Thank you, Medicare. About time I got something back from, the, from those SLBs. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it all worked out. It sounds pretty drastic. It, it's uh, you know, it, it it's pretty uh, it's pretty big surgery for orthopedics. This, you know, the first procedure on the knee that had anything to do with this was back in the 1850s when some surgeon tried to shave off the uh, uh, the osteoarthritis off of the tibial plateau. The tibia is the long bone, your shin bone, and there's a plateau that the uh, that the femur rides in there, and uh, I don't know how successful that was. And we've gone through several several iterations of uh, mechanical knees, uh, prosthesis, and we've actually come up with a pretty good one now. Uh, the uh, original ones failed. Uh, they came loose uh, after a while, or they uh, they had infections or, or other complications. But uh, this prosthesis looks pretty good, and the average lifespan for these things is about... 15 to 20 years, depending on how rough you are. So, I mean, if you're the average 75-year-old guy, you're probably going to last till you die because you're not going to be doing that much. But if you're Dr. Bill, you know, you're probably going to have to get another one in 15 years because you're rough and you're you're doing heavy activity and you're biking like a like a monkey. Do, do monkeys bicycle? I think they do. I think I saw them. <laughs> probably in the circus they do, yes. Yeah, the circus they do. Yeah. So, uh, so a body doesn't reject titanium or metals of any kind, I guess. It it uh, looks at it and it gives a little reaction, but uh, 
titanium is fairly inert and uh, shouldn't bother the body. After a while, the body will say, yeah, it's not doing anything, leave it alone. Uh, but what they do is they glue it on with, uh, with epoxy glue, super glue, and it immediately bonds. And within 60 seconds, it's fixed. And that's it. That's it. You know, you're there. So you've got glue between you and the actual knee, but the, the bone. And so that uh, guessing would cut down on the reaction because I don't think the body reacts very much to super glue. <laughs> it'll 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 sure glue you together, but it you know, but I don't think it'll have a, a reaction. Um, well, anyway. I'm glad it went well, but I'm I, you know, if you slow your progress through the airports, probably now. You know, they say you get to jump to the front of the line. Really? Yeah, they they ask uh, anybody here have an artificial hip or knee, and you put up your hand. They say, "Come on through." So, oh, <clears throat> it's just your wife will have to wait. <laughs> well, and <laughs> what's your point? <laughs> well, I'm glad it all worked out for you, Doc. Yeah, they go in anteriorly, buddy, and. Uh, they they actually move the kneecap over out of the way. They they spare the kneecap, and then they put a little uh, a little button, a little sliding button on the back of the kneecap because the kneecap slides over the femur, and uh, so it slides over the prosthetic femur, and, and that that keeps it working properly. So if I were to touch your knee, would I what would I feel? Just your kneecap as as usual, I guess. Huh? It would feel like a normal knee. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, the big things post-operative are uh, icing the joint down, physical therapy, uh, maybe taking some, you know, some antiplatelet drug like aspirin. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of dif- difference between aspirin and big gun um, anticoagulants. So I think a lot of the surgeons are going to aspirin since it has less side effects like bleeding in your stomach, you know, when you go on a big gun like Coumadin or Eliquis or Xeralto, that, that increases your risk of uh, GI bleed and other bleeds. And so that that's uh, something that we don't like. Are you in a cast of any kind? Nope. He just put an ace wrap on it and he, he said, <laughs> move. So get up and move. So I walked around the hospital the first day and said hello to everybody, socialized. Everybody was amazed. They're like, Damn, he's one tough son of a bitch. Yeah, I gotta say, man, you, you jumped right out of bed there. Yeah, and and uh, <clears throat> oh, kind of, kind of tell you, Ken. So uh, I couldn't pee after the anesthesia, <laughs> which is not uncommon for me. And so I said, uh, I need a foley, and the nurse said, Well, okay, I'll put one in for you. I said, You don't have to. I'll put it in myself. <laughs> so you know, with no anesthesia or anything, I just slid that puppy in there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> took out my own IV when I was ready to go home. <laughs> They're like, we can't do it here. We have to go back to your room. I said, oh, what the hell? I pulled it out at the <laughs> nurse station. They were there like all freaking out. <laughs> I said, quick, get something so I don't bleed on your counter here. Girl. <laughs> but they said I was a good patient, actually. I didn't bother them too much. Well, that's good. Well, you weren't second-guessing your doctor? No, I, well, I asked him a couple of things. He uses, uh, preoperatively, he uses vancomycin and ANCEF. ANCEF is an old-time, first-generation cephalosporin. You've probably heard of Keflex. No, I haven't. Well, Keflex is, a, you know, it's an antibiotic a cephalosporin that we use, and uh, we really don't use it much anymore. We're on third- and fourth-generation cephalosporins uh, like 
ceftriaxone, rocephin. And I said, why aren't you using rocephin? He said, well, this is just what our, all the orthopods do. I said, yeah, I know, but you don't get any real gram-negative coverage. The uh, vancomycin is strictly for gram-positives for strep and staph, which are the two big bacteria that do infect the joint postoperatively. So that's actually very helpful. But the ANCEP, I'm not sure it does that much. If you want to cover for gram-negatives like Pseudomonas, then uh, you need something a, a little stronger. But it's rare to have a pseudomonal infection. Do doctors do doctors enjoy working with other doctors as a patient? Doctor relationship, you know what I mean? Or is it more of a hassle because he's going to argue with you? No, I mean, I you know, I, I enjoy the. You learn, you learn when you talk to each other. Um, he put a drain in at what's called a Jackson Pratt. And uh, that's to drain the blood out of the joint because there's bleeding. It's a bone and bones are bloody when you expose them. Then you also have weeping from from the tissues around the bone. And it filled up and he came to pull it out. And I said, shouldn't we leave it in another day? And he said, no, it's going to fill back up with blood. But uh, this will increase your risk of infection if we leave it in. I said, OK, hmm. you know, but okay. you got to ask the questions because uh, if you don't know, uh, Part of the problem, if you're a layman, is you don't even know what questions to ask. But, you know, as a physician, I do know what questions to ask, and I'll learn by asking those questions. So, I actually, he's a good guy. His name is McConney, and uh, everybody says he does a good job at the hospital. And I, I told the, uh, the Vietnamese nurse anesthetist they were going to put a bamboo rectal tube in me, and I said, no, no, don't do that. Bamboo? <laughs> yeah, major out. Oh, bamboo <laughs> rectal tubes, thank you. <laughs> but right. my uh, my anesthetist, my nurse anesthetist, she's she's a sweetie. We're good friends, and uh, she's from. Uh, I think she was born in Vietnam, and her parents were, of course, part of the South Vietnam regime, and they had to leave or be ostracized and go to prison so they got out <clears throat> but she's a really good gal and did a good job i mean i i survived so i i guess that means that she did a good job got the tube in there and kept me breathing well you sound like you're in good shape <clears throat> well, you know amazingly I, I mean it hurts but i'm getting around i'm doing what i gotta do i came up the stairs to do the radio show and i'll go back down what so, um when can you get back on a bike what's your your, your, what's your, your uh, ETA for complete healing? I don't know. Um, I think six to eight weeks is probably when you can start doing a little more activity. Uh, I did get a bike from Romtech. Romtech is a new startup company, and it's interesting. It's a passive and active motion uh, rehab bicycle, and you can uh, extend and uh, bring in the pedal so if you don't want to bend your knee too much you know you extend it out initially and uh, it'll do passive motion when you're at this stage of it and then as you get better then you go to some active resistance and you start bringing it in so you bend your knee more and more the object is to be able to bend your knee at least 90 to 110 degrees and uh, i can already do that they were amazed that i could do it right away 
but uh, that's that's the idea to be able to bend your knee. Rehab is probably the most important part of it, Ken, because if you don't rehab, you'll get a frozen joint. It'll be stiff. You won't be able to move. Uh, you'll have uh, adhesions in the muscles and the, and and the attachments to the bones. So you, you gotta you gotta work on it. That's the hardest part. It hurts from day one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From day one, and the the physical therapist was here yesterday, and uh, she was causing me some pain. But she was so good looking that <laughs> I was distracted. It was worth it, huh? It's you know, yeah, it was worth it. Was worth it. <laughs> oh, hurt me again. Hurt me again. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, girl. Sock it to me. <laughs> Fascinating, you know, and I stayed in the hospital overnight. It's so, actually, it was a good experience. I I enjoyed being on the other side so I can see how people um, feel and how they're treated by the nurses. And uh, how'd you like that food? It was good. We have good food at St. Pete General, surprisingly. And, you know, I'm a vegetarian, but they brought me turkey and dressing, and I was so hungry the evening post op. I ate every single bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like starving and <laughs> Well, good. You had a nice strong appetite. Yeah, had a good appetite and I figured, well, a little uh little meat protein is probably good for the uh, healing process anyway. So eggs are good. Uh you know, of course cheese and and uh, dairy products give you some protein. But eggs are really really uh uh excellent source of protein and you can get things like strontium in that and you know strontium you know what that is no i have no idea what that is no well strontium is a heavy metal and it's one of the byproducts of of a nuclear fission and fusion and uh, so you have radioactive strontium which lasts for two million years but normal strontium is in a lot of vegetables and and eggs and uh, different different foods and the uh, the Roman gladiators figured it out 2,500 years ago, and they ate a high uh, vegetable diet, a high strontium diet. They didn't know exactly what it was, but it helps bone healing. It helps bone healing. And in Europe, they're using uh, strontium pills for osteoporosis and osteoarthritis because it helps with the osteoporosis. It helps the, the, the bone regenerate and get new bone. Are we using that here? Not yet, no. We always seem to be slow on stuff like that. Well, that's because of the thalidomide, as you know. You, oh, yeah. You yeah. experienced that. And that, that changed the whole way the FDA looks at things. Thalidomide was a drug that was used in the 60s as, uh, as a, a way to keep a woman from losing a baby when she was pregnant so she wouldn't have a spontaneous miscarriage. And the problem with it was that it caused birth defects in kids and it caused uh, shortened limbs and and legs and and you ear. And, That's right. Yeah, my mom took it. Yeah, blamed yeah. herself till the day she died for my ear. Yep, and, and it's called uh, phycomyelia. Just in case you wanted to know, I did never knew that. No. <laughs> so at any rate, that is the story on that. I don't know if you've had enough of that, or if you want to ask. No, anyone. it's all fascinating. It is fascinating. It's just unbelievable. I, um, nice to know the technology's out there. I mean, if you got to, and if, obviously if you're on Medicare, they're going to pay for it. So there's no really need to be in pain, is there? 
Well, I've got patients that are such big babies. They do not want to go through any surgery. And well, the pain is better. Yeah, they they'll put up with the pain and you know get on narcotics and sit around the house. But <laughs> well, that's not that's not the way to live. No, I don't, not for me. But uh, everybody's different, and uh, you have these people that do that. Now there is a prosthesis out that's uh, that you don't have to cement in. It's got a hydroxyapatite coating, which is uh, a bone uh, precursor. And then the bone will grow into that. It'll it'll recognize that and say, "Oh yeah, we got to cover that up." And it'll grow into it. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference so far in outcomes whether you use uh, the cemented uh, titanium or the hydroxyapatite. But uh, I'd prefer titanium. I just like the sound of it, Ken. And you know, it sounds really <laughs> strong and light. And <laughs> well, it's fighters. I I believe are made of titanium. Are they not? They are. Yeah. And they have magnesium uh, skins on them because of the heat. And uh, so you have to consider the heat factor when you're going 2,000 miles an hour. You know, you get a lot of heat from the friction of the of the atmosphere, of the air that you're going through. So you have to keep these wings um, uh, cool. And the only way you can do it is with a magnesium alloy. And, of course, it's top secret. And... Uh, well, then there's a stealth covering on top of that, I would imagine. Yeah, and then well, you can mix it right in with it. Ah, so, okay. The original stealth was uh, was uh, iron particles at, at different angles put in some kind of a of a coating. That was the old U2s and SR71s. I don't know if you've ever seen an SR71. Sure, absolutely. Not, not, is- not in person, but on, on film, certainly. Until recently, that was the fastest plane that was developed on Earth, and that was in the 1960s, Ken. That thing was was just a big wing with a jet engine on it, and if you, it was a spy plane, folks. I think that's uh, that's the second generation spy plane. Came now after the U-2, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now we don't use any of that. We have satellites and drones. But and, it's interesting. It flew at like 70,000 feet, and Russia could not shoot oh. it down. They tried so many times. They got the U two though. They got. They did got U two, and that's why we got this. That's why they developed the seventy one. I guess. Yeah, they were working on it, the uh, Skunk Works. Yes. And uh, now, theoretically, there's another plane out there faster than the seventy one that's already in development. I wouldn't surprise me a bit, but we don't know a whole lot about it. Oh, I'm sure we have things in development, and uh, we need we need that. We need the technology. The technology is extremely important. It's not only to our joints uh, and our health, but to our uh, our defense and our protection and our buildings and our uh, our farming. And we need the technology. It's it's just so vital to make sure that we are uh, staying ahead of the curve. And of course, we got a lot more people on the planet, so we have to provide a lot more services. You know, it's uh, it's really a, a tough thing. Well, this country is. We are the innovators of the world for the most part. Yeah. I mean, the Europeans and the Canadians are too, but proportionately, we're probably the the biggest innovators because we don't have as many restrictions as they do. Like one of the guys I was talking to from England said, he said they have a class system. It's hard to move up and, uh, you know, you you can't start a business easily. Uh, But he came to the States and he said, you walk down the street, you can make money. That's right. Exactly. Everybody's got an equal chance here. Yeah, everybody has an equal chance. So we we are the most classless society on earth. 
And I'm sick and tired of my sister saying that we're a racist country and we're evil and all that. We are not. We're the best country on earth. I don't care what anybody says. And if you do say that to me, I'm going to bitch slap you. <laughs> well, let's not do that, Doc. All right, I won't. All right. I can't right now because I can't run. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about the 14th Amendment because, you know, Joe is going to Joe Biden's going to take it to the Supreme Court and try to argue that he has the power to set the debt limit and not uh, Congress. And, you know, the, the Congress, the, the Constitution's pretty clear that Congress has the power of the purse. But he's in, in invoking the 14th Amendment. And people think that has to do with the power of the purse. It does not. Well, it says something in there about the debt. That's all I know about it. No. No. You mean no. I've been given misinformation? You've been given misinformation. So the, the 13th Amendment freed the slaves. The 14th Amendment gave everybody equal uh, equal rights under the law, whether it's federal or state. And the 14th Amendment, it states, this is it, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So what he's going to argue is that if uh, if we go with the Republicans and and cut the welfare by making people go to work, that, that we are not treating them fairly under the law, that they're not getting equal protection. So that's what his argument is going to be. It'll be fascinating to see. I don't think the Supreme Court's going to uh, side with him. Uh, that would that would definitely undermine completely the power of the Congress. Uh, and we, we wouldn't need a Congress. We'd have a king. Well, yeah, that's, that's the whole reason we separated from the British. Yeah, and most people don't understand that the reason we left Europe is because we didn't want parliamentary democracy. We didn't want kings that – we didn't want a strong uh, executive, chief executive who uh, could make uh, fiat law from the White House. We didn't want that. We wanted checks and balances, and the only way you're going to have that is if you have the three branches like we have, where you have legislative, executive, and judicial. And, uh, of course, judicial is the umpire. And the the judicial does make law. It's called common law. Common law is the interpretation of the book law by the courts that becomes law, becomes the precedence. And, uh, of course, that can change, just like any law can be changed. But uh, that's common law. And, you know, a lot of conservatives argue against common law. They want strict uh, construction of the Constitution, but that's hard to do, Ken, because there's just so many facets now to our country and to the uh, to the aspects of not only law, but of finances and and uh, criminal law and social justice and all those things. So too many variables these days. Yes. Yeah. And, and so what the Democrats are arguing is that if you do this, if you if you uh, cut back on the welfare to people who are in need, then you're interfering with their equal protection under the law. Mm. So a little iffy. <laughs> well, I you know, I don't see how he's going to win this one. I just don't. I mean, I, I, he may, but I don't think the Supreme Court's going to go along with this. Well, they got to figure something out in about a week and a half here. So, well, they don't have to. I mean, we can default and. Uh, 
we'll still make our payments in, in terms of the of the debt, but other aspects will will go away for a while. So the uh, federal employees, they'll except for the essential ones who are forced to come in, uh, will not come to work. But you know what, Ken? They get paid anyway. <laughs> How ridiculous. So figure. <laughs> what about Social Security? Social Security is a separate entity. Social Security is a trust fund, and it is outside of the budget unless Congress increases or decreases the uh, the uh, retirement age or increases or decreases the pay the payments and so it'll just be frozen at whatever level it's at now. But it, it it's uh, but seniors will get their checks. They'll get their checks, right? That uh, there's some misinformation going around about that too. Well, remember now that uh, Medicare and Social Security are, are trust funds. They're separate uh, legal entities from Congress that are funded by Congress, uh, but Congress cannot do certain things uh, to those entities. Uh, you know, they can they can say we're not going to increase your check or we're going to increase the the uh, retirement age from 67 to 70. But they can't say we're cutting off your check. I mean, it, that's already ensconced and that's been tried in the courts. And, you know, it, that that's one that's going to be hard to get around. All right. Well, see what happens. Always seems to be something there in Washington, don't it, Doc? Well, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, uh, you you can't just keep printing money. No, you can't. Of course not. Because you have to have something to back it. And at some point, the uh, creditors are going to say, wait a minute, what are you backing it with now? Because we've been backing it with our our, uh, gross domestic product, our output, our gross national product. That's what we back it with. And if we're not growing at the right rate, then people are not going to want to borrow money because they're going to say, you don't have any, you know, you don't have any gold. You don't have any productive output. You know, you can't meet your debts. And that's the question. Will we be able to meet our debts in the future? Well, I don't think going back to 22 numbers doesn't seem like too much of an imposition. Yeah. Which is what the Republicans want to do. Just go back to uh, 2022. Yeah. And and that's. That worked. I mean, you know, nobody died. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We floated out, and you know, and, and uh, Trump, and, and then Bush followed. I'm not Bush, but uh, Biden followed him, and pumping out a lot of money for the uh, pandemic. And people really don't understand what the debt is. The United States is like a bank. Uh, people from around the world, countries, uh, financial entities, they come here and they deposit their money into our Federal Reserve, and we give them a CD, uh, you know, a savings note, and we agree to pay them um, a little dividend on that, and we agree to pay them a little interest on that every year. And so they have their money in what they feel is a secure location, and they get uh, some money back like you would at a bank when you buy a CD. So that's how it works. And uh, without that, the world would, would not be where it is today. So you have to have a banker. You need the bankers. And uh, if you don't have your bankers, then things are not going to flow. You have to have the ability to borrow money uh, because if you're starting up a business, you got to buy equipment, you got to hire employees, and you're not going to make money immediately. And then there are times when you're going to need money, like in the pandemic, 
uh, only they didn't borrow you didn't borrow it there they gave it to you <laughs> right. which was nice of them thank you yes i know and we like that i'll take some more <laughs> <laughs> and on that note doc how about a question and we'll go to a break you got one for me buddy i got a it's going to be a fastest finger contest because you have to dial the phone the fastest to win this one and a lot of people are going to be trying because it's an easy question Number to call is 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. This is for two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs at 877-969-8600. First person with the correct answer wins. The question is, what body part did Doc have replaced? There you go. You already got somebody calling. Before I answer, before, before I ask the question, that's right. What, we'll right back. <laughs> what body part did Doc have replaced? Oh, yeah, which knee, by the way? We want to know which knee. <laughs> okay, you want to do that left or right? Let's do that. Somebody's already called in, so it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll figure this all out while the news is on. All right, buddy. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. So who exactly does control Bakhmut? That Ukrainian city has been claimed by the Russians and the Ukrainians today. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky began the day by saying the Russians had indeed taken over things. He's speaking of the G7 summit in Japan. An hour later, he said, no, they are not. So it's a little unclear, although the Russians are clearly advancing through the city today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis asking a federal judge be disqualified for the First Amendment lawsuit filed by Disney against him and his appointees. The DeSantis motion claims that U.S. District Judge Mark Walker's prior statements raised questions about his impartiality on the state's effort to take over Disney's private governing body, a special carve-out that the massive corporation got decades ago. And Irish Nationalist Party Sinn Féin has won most of the votes in Northern Ireland's local elections. This is SRN News. I have AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, TheAnswerTampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Denny. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM860, The Answer. Today will be partly sunny with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The high will be 92. Tonight a shower in the air in the evening. Then we'll have clouds breaking. The low will be 76. Tomorrow mostly cloudy and humid. A morning thunder shower followed by periods of rain and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The high will be 88. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Garrett Beck. Ram 860, the answer. I got a feeling that tonight will be the best night I can feel in. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. I got Ken with me. Are you there, buddy? I am. And we have a winner. We got a winner. We do. Mark Jacobs of Tampa. Mark Jacobs of Tampa was the first caller. Caller with the correct answer there. And the... uh, uh, the, uh, well, the correct answer is what, well, the question was, what body part did Doc have replaced? And the correct answer is, Doc. My right knee. Your right knee. And Mark had the correct answer, and he wins to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. It'll be coming out to you real soon there, Mark. And thanks to everybody who called in today. Yeah, thanks, Mark, but you cannot have any of my pain pills. So <laughs> <laughs> Those I'm keeping. <laughs> the mugs I'll give you, but no pain pills. Anyway. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I've been pretty sparing so far, Ken. I, I haven't used a whole lot, a uh, couple times a day, and that's about it. Not bad. No, considering you had your knee replaced, that's not bad chopped, at all. Yeah, I mean, they chopped that sucker right out. Wow. Very nice of them. I, yeah, I, using a saw. Using a saw. And he showed me the saw. It looked a lot like one that I've got in my, in my workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's a little cleaner. Yeah, so make sure it's not rusty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the pandemic era tax breaks that the the, uh, the lawyers are advertising on TV. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. What's that about? Well, uh, they're, they're, we already got our, our money for our employees that we retained. So if you retained X number of employees and you could show the uh, – the amount of money you were paying them over a, a two or three month period, whatever it was, I don't remember. And you sent that all in to you, to the, uh, to the IRS or not the IRS, whoever it was, then you got this free money. You had to attest that you were going to use it for your, your clients and that you were a doctor and not for your clients, but for your pay, your employees and that you were a doctor and, you know, different questions that you had to fill out and it wasn't that hard. And then, if you met all the requirements, then they forgave that. And I don't know. We probably got $150,000, which, thank God, kept us open. We would have gone under if we hadn't. Uh, because, you know, the office visits dropped off precipitously and the Canadians didn't come down. And as you know, God bless the Canadians. They're they're a big part of our business in the winter. Yeah, and, so, so a lot of folks would have gone under without this program. Yeah. So now these lawyers uh, have glummed onto this and they're they're – they're trolling for people, and they I've gotten a couple of calls, and of course I hung up on, but uh, they're trolling for uh, employers, small business employers, to 
help them get this money. Of course, they're, they're going to take a big chunk of it. But guess who's really in the middle and having a hard time? Who's that? The Internal Revenue Service, because they have to process these hundreds of thousands of claims uh-huh. uh, for employee retention tax credit. And, of course, they got to look at this and say, is this fraud or is this not fraud? Well, you know there's going to be fraud, and you know they're going to have a hard time tracking all this down. Uh, but uh, that's our federal government at work. <clears throat> so the IRS has paid out over $150 million amid a surge of claims uh, for an expired pandemic-era tax break for small businesses. Thank God we got ours up front. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't have to deal with the IRS. They can fight over the 800,000 other returns that they're trying to figure out what to do with. And the lawyers who are, well, you know what lawyers are. Absolutely. Uh, there's good lawyers and there's bad lawyers. Well, they're going to take 40% of that. Oh, yeah. They're going to they're gonna tag you. They're going to tag you. And uh, so they're trying to process all of these so people can get their their tax refunds or whatever they're going to do, however they're going to get their money to them. And and they're going to try to make sure that it's not fraud, but you know what the government ends up doing. They ended up saying, out oh, of hell with it, and they just pay everybody what they send in. And I, I said this, I don't know if you remember Hurricane Katrina. Sure. Okay, well, after New Orleans was destroyed, the federal government sent $2 billion down to New Orleans, and I lived in New Orleans for a year, and I said, they'll never account for one penny of that money, <laughs> not one penny. And Congress had held a hearing about eight years afterwards to see where the money went. Guess what? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. How sad is that? Well, never underestimate the stupidity of your federal government. I guess so, yeah. So much money wasted in this country. So much money wasted. And meanwhile, McCarthy... Uh, says he's given all he's going to give, and Biden says he's given all he's going to give. Of course, he hadn't given anything, but uh, on the debt uh, crisis, and the federal debt is what we're allowed to spend. So, if the federal debt is uh, you know thirty trillion and and six trillion of it is is the operating budget for the government for the year, then that's it. You get what you get, and. Uh, you have to be able to show that you have something backing this money if you're going to print more money or you're going to put money out. So you can't just print money, although I guess they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's really uh, – Legally, I guess they can't do it. No, they can't do it legally. They have to meet certain requirements from the federal budget office and the, and the federal uh, – the federal – what do you call the feds, you know, the – Treasury federal, Department? Yeah, the federal, the Treasury Department and the feds that uh, say we're raising the interest rates or we're not raising the interest rates. And so there's no progress, Ken. Yeah. Okay, well. And this is going to, it's going to shake up the world because things are going to freeze, not that there's not going to be a flow of money, but that there'll be no increase and in, there'll be no budget out there. And so things will have to be, realigned and of course the federal employees except for the uh, essential ones will be sent home but they get paid anyway well i remember last time this happened uh my daughter was on a like a junior class trip to washington dc and everything closed 
Yeah, yeah. Everything closes. The national parks closed. Yeah, the, the capital. Everything was closed. Capital. Everything closes down because all the employees are sent home. Yeah. So, so they so just they wandered left. around outside Washington for about three days. Yeah. I don't think they ever got in a building. So that's what will happen. I personally, I didn't notice the last time the government closed down. That's what happens, and uh, <clears throat> non-essential government uh, entities will close. I was in, or we were in, uh, we were in Bruges in Belgium. Uh, we went on a cruise down the, or up the Rhine, and we ended up in Amsterdam. Of course, Belgium's like two hours away on train or Bruges. So we jumped on the train to see Bruges, which is one of the oldest towns in Europe that has not been bombed out. Really neat little town. And so we go out into the square and sit down to get a cup of coffee and a donut or whatever. And we're talking with this guy. And the the Belgians had not have had a government for a year and a half uh, because the two different parties, there's the Walloons, they're the French speakers, and then there's the Flemish, they're the Germanic uh, speakers that sound a lot like English. They were fighting and they couldn't form a government. <laughs> and I said, how's it, how's it going? He said, oh, the traffic lights still work. I'm still getting paid. You know, I don't care. <laughs> Do we really need any of this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure we need all these people. <laughs> so I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, so much of the uh, of the workforce now is uh, is in the government, and 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 unfortunately, uh, the government, the left has tried to make it so that everybody works for the government. And I would say sixty to seventy percent of the Canadians actually work directly for the government either as teachers or cops or bus drivers or, you know, everybody works for the government. And what's their tax rate up there? Oh, God, it's unbelievable. You know, they probably pay 60 to 70 percent in taxes. Yeah, just like Britain. It's like 60 percent, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a tough system, and it's hard to get ahead. And they they are not doing as well as we are individually. Uh, but there's a lot of money pouring into, into Canada because a lot of rich – uh, Chinese are coming over, just like they are in Singapore and in different parts of the world that are safer and more secure than China. So people make their billions and they get out, and that drives up the cost of things. And the cost of a of a condo in in Toronto is out of sight. I mean, it's 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 like Tokyo. It's like uh, uh, Shanghai. You know, the costs are just astronomical. But that's what happens. And the Canadians need people because, you know, you know what? They're not making babies. I hear we're having that problem here, too. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I've offered to, to <laughs> help out, but <laughs> my wife said no. <laughs> hey, you know, freeze it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Save that DNA. Yep. <clears throat> so Biden said on Saturday he thought default could still be avoided and something decent could get done. But he also said the talks were moving through stages. And then I think yesterday he said he's not moving anymore. He's given all he's going to give. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I know. It, it, until it actually gets to that day, there won't be a solution. And what did it take last time? It was, what, 2011 when, uh, uh, what's his name, Ted, uh, the senator from from Texas. Ted uh, Cruz. Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah, he shut everything down. He did that 18- or 24-hour filibuster. Yeah, the... that's right, yeah. 
And all he wanted was uh, the uh, oil tax breaks to continue because guess where he's got his retirement plan? <laughs> In oil. I'll bet. He's from Texas. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you can't blame him. He's, he's not only helping himself, he's helping Texas out. Exactly. A lot of people have stock in those companies. So. But here's the thing I don't understand. It's getting harder and harder to find a white-collar job, and I don't know why. Um, you can get blue-collar jobs because we're short on uh, on welders and electricians and plumbers, especially electricians. And you know Mike Rowe, who has his show on uh, on on jobs and stuff. He had the, the dirty jobs, and then he now he's got the uh, how America works and all that. Have you seen him? Yeah, oh, sure. He's got he puts on a great show. Yeah, he puts on a great show. You know, and he tracks all this, and he says. You don't need to go to college. You need to go to technical school. He says, you you know, if you're an electrician and you're you, you pass the exam and you're fully licensed, you can make a hundred thousand a year or more, and that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good. Of course, you'd like a little more, but still, it's it's not a bad way to get through life. And uh, and we need plumbers, we need electricians, we need welders. And my welder has saved two or three million in his retirement plan, so apparently he's making enough money to do that. I understand being an elevator mechanic is like a hundred thousand dollar a year job. I wouldn't doubt it. Have you ever worked on an elevator? No, I don't even like to ride in them. <laughs> <laughs> I had some scary experience in college on an elevator. <laughs> So after years of hiring during the pandemic, white-collar jobs are feeling the whiplash now, and uh, job posting from real estate and finance companies and all that are dropping precipitously. And I guess part of this, too, is there's a contraction in the financial industry. You know, there's banks that are going under, and bigger banks are buying up smaller banks, and uh, consolidation. And, of course, when you have that, they let people go because they they can do more efficiently at big company what a little company was doing uh, and just duplicating uh, what the big company does. The big company's already got a guy that can handle uh, uh, risk management. So he can look at all the risk management and he can just lay down one law. You know, you don't have to have a risk manager for each branch of the bank. You, you know what I'm saying? Sir. Yeah. You, all you need is one. Exactly. And that one can do it for a thousand branches. And uh, so th th this is causing a contraction in the white collar industry. And when you lay off people, when you lay off risk managers and you have to lay off secretaries and you, know, you have to lay off tellers and because you don't need them all. And so this is part of the problem. And big tech is slimming down as well. Big tech is slimming down and, and uh, the uh, Google and uh, Twitter and all those companies have slimmed down which cuts into the job market. You know, people are, are, are dependent upon these things or have become dependent. And now we're going to have to shift. And I don't know what AI is going to do because with AI, you can have an AI uh, computer in, the, in your front office to greet the patients and uh, check them in and all that and do it fairly efficiently. It's going to put us all out of work, doc. Well, I'll tell you who they're going to get first in the medical field are the radiologists because the, the AI can read the x-rays better than the radiologists can. You know, they can go pixel by pixel. Their their vision is much better. But you'll still have to have a radiologist to 
uh, oversee it because they they do miss things. You know, they're not perfect just like us. Right. So, so you, you know, having a computer look at it, not a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, AI, I, I know everybody's afraid of it, but I think it's going to be a good thing. And the main problem with AI is that uh, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. So it depends on how you program these things, and you can program them for good or for evil. And what's happening is people are breaking into the programs, and they're putting in uh, evil stuff, you know, like fascism and Nazism and anti-Semitism. And uh, this is uh, this is a problem. Then by the end of the day, the AI has turned into a hate monger. Did you hear about the um, teacher who flunked, I guess, two or three kids because he figured out that their term papers had been written by AI? Yeah, and I don't know how you figure it out, but um, certainly there's going to be a way to do it. Well, that, that's an, somebody else asked that question as well and fed a couple of things into the AI, and it turns out the AI also wrote Moby Dick. I wonder how it turned out. <laughs> so, <laughs> this this stuff is not perfection yet, no. I love Moby Dick. That's <laughs> one of my favorite uh, novels. But if, an, if AI did not write it, so... There's some problems no, with Herman technology. Melville wrote it. Melvin. Herman Melville. Herman Melville. That's it. Yes. Yeah, and and I know he was not AI because <laughs> of computers back then. That's right. So, well, we're all yeah. scared of technology. We're all scared of technology when it first arrives. You know, he worked for the post office. I didn't know that. Yep, he worked for the post office. But dreamed of being a sailor, apparently. And you know who else started uh, his first job and was. Uh, Einstein, he was working for the post office to make money while he was tinkering around with, uh, with uh, the universe and deciding whether or not the universe was made of a fabric, which apparently it is. Do you know you can fold space? <laughs> How can you fold nothing? Because it's a fabric. You know, it's got the, it's got the boson particles and, you know, uh, time and energy and matter flowing through it. And you can actually fold space. Now, we don't know how to do it yet, but in, in theory, you can fold space. Well, that would make the distance to travel uh, shorter. Yeah, you, it's traveling with without moving. So you just bring the two pieces together and get off, you know, just step on the other side, and they go apart again, and there you are on the other side of the universe. Pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to try that. Dune? You, you remember the movie Dune or the book Dune? Yeah. Yeah, that's the you know the the pilots that were blowing out the the uh, fiery stuff. They were bringing space. They were folding space, and and they were moving people back and forth across the universe without actually any physical movement. I didn't know that. I wouldn't. I, I haven't seen that in a while. I have to go look at that again. Yeah, and that came from Einstein's theory that you could fold space because it's a fabric. Well, I'm not going to argue with Einstein. No. <laughs> You don't want to argue with Einstein. I don't think he's alive anymore, so you can probably argue with him. It's not going to get you in any trouble. He worked in the patent office for a while, too, I think. So. He worked in the patent office, too. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that was it. He worked in the patent office, not in the, uh, not in the, uh, in the, in the uh, post office? One of those. Yeah, yeah, patent office. I got confused there. My, my bad. So, yeah. And he really didn't do anything in his life until he was, uh, what, in the 60s or so, I would think. Do anything in terms of what? As as far as his uh, relativity and other theorems. Oh, he did all that when he was younger. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When he when he was older, he went to Princeton and he was a professor emeritus and he 
you know, he would uh, go to meetings with all the other big name physicists and add his two cents worth. And he'd like be the chairman, you know, kind of like Washington at, at the uh, at the uh, Constitutional Convention. He'd go in and sit there and look real, real good. Doc, we got about 24 seconds left. Talk about the business. Give him a phone number. 727-384-6411, I'm sorry, folks, it's the medication. I'm Dr. Bill. I got a new knee. I'm out of here, buddy. Talk to you next week, Doc. You, you got it, guy. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.